today's guest is probably one of the coolest human beings on earth, and you're really going to love her. Here's a hint. Oh, that was fun. Whispering's fun, isn't it? I am so excited to introduce to you today, Kara Golden. Let me tell you how Kara Golden is improving it. Kara Golden is the founder of Hint, Inc., best known for its award-winning Hint water, the leading unsweetened flavored water. And she's been named one of InStyle's Badass 50, Fast Company's most creative people in business, Fortune's most powerful women entrepreneurs, Fortune's most innovative women in food and drink, and E&Y's Entrepreneur of the Year for Northern California. The Huffington Post listed her as one of six disruptors in business alongside Steve Jobs and Mark Zuckerberg. Kara has successfully navigated the world of large companies and startups in many industries, including media, tech, and consumer products. Now, in addition, she understands retail and direct-to-consumer well. She's an active speaker and writer and hosts the podcast, The Kara Golden Show, where she interviews founders, entrepreneurs, and other disruptors across various industries. Kara's first book, Undaunted, was published by Harper Leadership in October of 2020 and is now a Wall Street Journal and Amazon bestseller. She lives in the Bay Area, and we are going to talk today about so many things. Her book in particular, when I read this book, and I read this book on Audible, so I felt like I was with Kara for like eight hours of my life, Okay. I was so moved. I was so inspired. I heard Kara on a friend of this show, if you've listened for a long time, Judy Holler's podcast, and was just so inspired and motivated after listening to her on Judy's show. Then I listened to her book, and I thought, you know who will love this? Mm-hmm, that's right, you, the Improve It fam. So let me just give you a quick deep dive into what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about persistence. And she is going to share a story with you from her early career that embodies this word persistence. We're going to talk about removing self-doubt in the moment. I struggle with self-doubt constantly. Believe it or not, this nasal twang voice coming into your microphone is constantly struggling with limiting beliefs and self-doubt. And so I know if I am, I'm assuming that you do too. And we'll also talk about the ways that Kara is an improviser and how she has taken this company, this idea that started into, uh, in her kitchen, I should say, and has made her one of the most powerful women entrepreneurs in the world. And I'm so thrilled and honored to have this opportunity to chat. So let's get into it. Here is my conversation with Kara Golden. Are you a leader or change maker inside of your business, organization, or corporation? Are you looking for new, innovative ways to drive morale through the roof? Are you looking for fun and exciting icebreakers, team building exercises, and activities that will foster team growth, friendships, loyalty, and completely transform your organization from the inside out? Have you been searching for a fun and unique way to create change instead of this? same old dry, boring leadership books and icebreakers that aren't actually working. Hi, I'm Erin Deal, business improv edutainer, fail fluencer, and professional zombie who is ready to help you improve it. My mission in life is to help you develop teams and leaders through play, improv, and experiential learning. In this podcast, we will deep dive into professional development, team building, effective communication, networking, presentation skills, leadership training, how to think more quickly on your feet, and everything in between. We have helped everyone from Fortune 500 companies to small mom and pop shops transform their business, their leadership, and their people through play. So grab your chicken hat. We are about to have some fun. Welcome to Improve It, the podcast. Kara 
Kira. Welcome to the Improve It podcast. I'm so honored and grateful that you are here. This is so awesome. Thank you for being here today. So excited to be here. Okay. Now, Kira, you know we use Improv to train professionals. I have a quick little game that we do in one of our workshops so our Improve It fam can get to know you. I've already given them the the real deal, pun intended on my last name, of who you are. But we're going to do something called Five Facts. So it has a little cheer to it that I'm going to do. And then I just want you to give me five facts about Kara that we couldn't find in your bio, on your website, or anywhere that has Kara Golden. Are you ready? Just five fun facts. Okay. I'm ready. You can do it. Okay. It goes like this. Five facts. Five facts. Five facts. Five facts. Five facts. What's your number one fact? Number one fact. I love to travel. Two. Uh, I met Bono. Stop. Okay. we (laughs) We need a whole show for that. Number three. I twirl the baton. I feel like we're kindred spirits together. Okay. Four. Uh, navy is my favorite color. Oh, okay. And five. I love French toast. I have never met a carb I don't like, Kara. (laughs) Amazing. Good job. So good. You know what? Navy. I love that because I love that your brand has also, Undaunted is a navy cover, right? And you've got. Oh, yeah. I love, I'm clearly, I hate the color teal. It's not a part of my life. Um, but why Navy? What make, what speaks to you about Navy? You know, it's interesting. I love darker colors. I think from being a mom and, and spilling on myself, um, over the years, like I found, uh, oh, well, we're darker colors, right? My kids are older now, so I should be able to, uh, not really have that issue, but I still manage to spill on myself. But I don't know, for me, Navy just seems, and it's a really specific color navy it's like so it's midnight color it's very dark um i'm wearing that color uh today i wear it a lot but i don't know it has a happiness to it that i like black too but for me i would pick navy over black any day just because it just seems much cheerier to me yes okay i love that it's always so interesting people always have like a power color and it just, it's so interesting to me that that is your favorite color. Now it all makes sense because you were so kind before the show, you sent this amazing box of goodies and you sent all types of things with hint in it, which we'll talk about too. But I love to know from entrepreneurs what, how they infuse their life into their brand. And you have just done that. You have really taken hint and the story behind it and you've created this brand and this product for the world that not only makes us healthier, but when you look at it, it's happier. So that's a whole other show. I'm here to talk to you today because I love your book, Undaunted. I told you I listened to you. So I've been, I feel like we've been talking for a long time, Kara. It's just a (laughs) one-sided conversation. Um, I was like, yes, I was talking back to you at certain points because I was training for a half marathon whole thing. But one of the first things that you talk about in the book, and it's in the very first couple of paragraphs, is you said, if I had a dominant trait as a kid, it's persistence. And as soon as you said that, I was hooked. I was like, yes. And then you go on to tell this story about Fortune Magazine and how you got in, in you got into Fortune magazine. So can you give the Improve It family just a high-level overview of how persistence helped you really early in your career? Well, I, I really wanted to get a job at Fortune magazine. And without totally spoiling um, the story, um, some things kind of, I got derailed a little bit in, in the process while I was trying to uh, get this role. But unfortunately, when I was graduating from school, Fortune Magazine was not coming to my campus. And so I decided that I would write 
the managing editor of Fortune Magazine a letter and share with him that I was really interested in coming to work for him. Why did I want to work for Fortune Magazine? Because when I was in school, I had I never really understood finance. Finance for me was just not fun. It wasn't something that I was ever good at. And a few of my friends that I had met at the university were taking classes in finance. They were finance majors. So I decided primarily because I I think I wanted to take classes with them that I would start taking some classes in finance. Well, I was in way over my head. And when I started it actually the professor told me to start reading Fortune magazine and also the Wall Street Journal and things would start to hopefully make a little more sense. And they did. And I thought when I graduated that I was so excited by what I had learned and had really felt like Fortune magazine in many ways helped me to become the person that I had become. And so why wouldn't I want to go and work at that company, right? I mean, it just seems so obvious to me. But again, they weren't coming on my campus. So I wrote a letter to the managing editor and I said, my name is Kara and I would love to work for you. Your magazine taught me a lot about finance and it made my classes easier. And he wrote me a note back or at least I believed that he wrote me a note back and said, if you're ever in the New York area, definitely let me know. You seem like a real go-getter. I'm not sure he used the word persistent, but basically was somebody that he would hire. At least that's how I read his, his note. So I bought a plane ticket to go out to New York. You have to understand that I was the last of five kids. We did not travel much as a family other than maybe go, I grew up in Arizona, maybe go to San Diego because that was, you know, a car right away. But we didn't go to places like New York or any place that you had to get on a plane to go and and uh, visit. So uh, it was a big deal for me to go to New York. And when I finally got there, I just figured that I have this letter from the managing editor. Why don't I go to the HR department? Isn't that where you go to tell people that you're there to meet. I mean, I thought, I don't want to bother him and say, hey, can I set up a meeting? I don't know. I had never really interviewed for for roles. So I thought I've already sent him a letter. Why not take it a step further and go to the HR office? This poor receptionist who was sitting in the HR offices of fortune, which actually were in the time and life building in New York City, and uh, with a few other publications, including Time Magazine and People Magazine and Sports Illustrated, but I really wanted to work for fortune. I got there and said to the head of H, or actually the receptionist in HR, that I was there to meet Marshall Loeb. And she said, do you have an appointment? And I said, I do not have an appointment. She didn't know what to do with me. Uh, So she called the head of HR and said, there's somebody here who says that she's here to see Marsha Loeb. So she came out and uh, asked if I had an appointment. And I said, no, I don't, but I'm here and I have this letter. And she then broke the news to me that it wasn't going to happen, right? I wasn't going to get to meet with Marsha Loeb. And by the way, they only hire people with experience at Fortune Magazine. You have to have years of writing experience in order to get a role there. And so I did what I guess not a lot of people do, which was really find my own opportunity. And I said to her, well, I don't go home until tomorrow. Are there any other roles in the building um, that I might be able to interview for. And she said, oh, well, that's interesting. She said, you know, there is a couple of roles. Why don't you have a seat? And she came back out and she said, would you be interested in interviewing for a position at Time Magazine? Now, Time Magazine was not Fortune Magazine, but I thought that 
that would be pretty great as well. So I would do that. And she said, great. Well, it's an executive assistant position at Time Magazine. Would that be of interest to you? And I said, sure. Uh, And so she said, it's in the circulation department. And I just said, sure. I had no idea what circulation was. Even when I ended up interviewing, uh, even when I got the role at Time, I still didn't on my first day know what circulation was. Circulation is basically those blow-in insert cards that fall out of magazines. So that was the division that I was working in at, at Time. But, you know, I tell this story a lot, in particular to uh, college students when, you know, I say, you have to go out and find what you're looking for is really that's the message. It. And I mean, that, that is, uh, that's key. But just the story, when I was interviewing at Time Magazine with this woman, Brooke McMurray, she said, so how did you get in the building? I mean, how did you get on my calendar? I'm just curious. I h- hadn't seen your resume until this morning. And I said, well, I have this letter from Marshall Loeb and I pulled it out and, you know, can you imagine? I mean, just picture this 21 year old and, (laughs) you know, this woman in her forties, she needs an executive assistant. She's dying, right? She's, wait, so you bought your own plane ticket and you flew from (laughs) Arizona to New York. Where are you staying? Well, I'm staying with my sister's friend on her sofa in the East Village. And at the time, I mean, the East Village was not such a, you know, nice, uh, calm place. And so she is just looking at me like, is this girl for real? Yeah. And by the time we were finished with the interview, uh, you know, I didn't know, I had never interviewed for jobs, so I didn't know if she was going to hire me or not, but I enjoyed the conversation a lot. And I thought, New York is pretty fun. I mean, you know, it'd be great. If I could get a job here, I mean, walk into the time and life building every single day. I mean, and work for a lady like Brooke McMurray. I mean, that would just be amazing. And so I got the job offer. And I kept thinking when I got the job offer that eventually I'll get to Fortune Magazine and I'll meet Marshall. I didn't meet Marshall until way later. I actually met his son. Michael Loeb, when I was in the building, uh, he was very good friends with my boss, but again, didn't really know until later that 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 all of that was going to happen. But there's so many stories in there. I mean, it it definitely is a story of persistence, but it's also a story of kind of enjoying where you are and being able to roll with the punches and sharing with people how you got here and who you are. Because when you do that, you may not intentionally share everything about you, but they can start to hear more about your soul, right? Oh, and and yeah. whether or not they want to engage and, and connect. And when you think about it, I had a choice that day. I could walk into the building and they could say, you don't have enough experience. And I could, you know, hang my head low and walk out the door and go back home. Or I could ask, what are the other opportunities? You know, put me in the game, right? And that's what I did because I thought if nothing else, I'll go home and I'll say, well, I had a bunch of interviews and this is what happened. And it was really interesting. I had never met people from New York. And I thought, I don't know, it's kind of fun just going and interviewing and getting my experience. And little did I know that I would not only get an offer there, but I ended up getting a bunch of other offers uh, along the way. And I thought, I don't know, it's just, it's a lot of fun to meet people. Yeah, I love this story. Okay, I can tell, you know, when you are listening to something and you can tell, you can remember exactly where you were when you were listening to this. I was on a run and I was running by, I now live in Charleston, as you know, and I was running by the the ocean and I literally was so motivated, Kara. I was like, yes, you walk in that office. Yes, you, you know, I could picture that HR person 
because we have so many HR leaders who listen to this show. Um, I could picture that person just listening and sort of realizing in that moment, okay, so where am I going to do? How do I get this person out of here? But how can I help this person at the same time? And the persistence, and we'll get to this in a moment, but the feeling that you embody in this book is not only overcoming people that doubt you, but you overcome, you overcame that self-doubt, that limiting belief within yourself to be curious. You talk about this, being curious totally. and asking questions. And you found yourself in a really cool position because forgive me if I, or tell me if I'm wrong, that catapulted the rest of your career to get you through the AOL, Time Warner, to that sort of started you on this career trajectory that ultimately gave you some of the gifts that you learned to understand how to create, hint, the brand and where you are today. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I think it's, it's funny. One thing that I've always had this ability to do, maybe because I did ask questions, when I felt like people were asking me questions, mm. typically when you walk into an interview, right, you've got people who are um, asking you questions. I always felt like if there were certain questions that they were asking me that I was kind of curious about, about them, I had the opportunity to ask them. Right. So I would, I remember when Brooke asked me where I was staying, I said, I'm staying in the East Village. And she said, Oh, and you know, she was a little surprised because it was uh, a little rough, as I said. And I said, So where do you live? And she went on to, to not only explain where she lived on the Upper East Side, but also different parts of the city. And I said, So, are are there a lot of people my age that live in in your neighborhood? I mean, again, I didn't have any idea, but I I always found that when I was interviewing, it was also an opportunity for me to learn about things that may or may not have anything to do with this role that I was looking at, but sort of shows your curiosity and shows how you think about things. And allows you to really let people know who you are. And, yes. and I think like that is still to this day, um, it's just a different way of thinking about things. And I think so often people don't, you know, take that opportunity, especially when you're younger, you think that it's, you know, it's an interview it is not a one-way street. They should get to know about you and you can, they can get to know about you by asking, by you asking questions. And it's not the stock questions of, you know, what is your culture like or, right. but instead, if they're asking you specific questions and again, having EQ to sort of be able to ask those questions, if they're asking you, where do you live? Then you say, well, where do you live? I mean, you don't have to, ping pong it, right? But you, but definitely, I just think that it's just a big opportunity to let people know who you are and, you know, laugh at yourself a little bit along the way. And, uh, you know, I, I remember even saying to Brooke that morning, I mean, thinking back on this that I'd, I'd say, so, so do you have to take the subway? You know, and I, again, because I hadn't taken the subway and I thought the subway just like was a big experience and scary experience for me. I had to walk down these stairs and heels and I, and it kind of smelled and God bless the heels. Yep. Right. And I, and I remember, and she said, no, actually I wear, I put my tennis shoes on in the morning and I walk and I thought, oh, that sounds really, that sounds much better. <laughs> Right. I said, people, really, you put tennis shoes on in order to walk? Again, you're learning about how, you know, a difference, but also kind of how people do things. Yes. Yes. The hacks. Right. The hacks along the way. And again, I would just take it and put it away in my little, you know, file cabinet upstairs yeah. and uh, and have fun with it and and have these memories about 
about that conversation. So I love it so much. And you know what's funny? I told you this before we recorded. I lived in Chicago for 15 years. I would have a bag of, I would carry my shoes or my winter boots. I'd be wearing either carrying my heels in a bag. And eventually I just, this is when I worked in corporate. I just cleared out a filing cabinet at my desk and it was just filled with heels. It was just heels because I was like, I'm not walking in these. But again, it's these things that you, you had these conversations. You were curious with Brooke. You were looking for information. And I think that curiosity, that persistence, those questions, they, like you said, they started to see who you are. And that's something that people listening and people who are members of this Improve It family, I think are constantly on the search for are ways that they can continue to improve themselves, the ways that, because improving ourselves allows us to improve others. Improve it, fam. Are you feeling stagnant at work? Are you frustrated by the lack of connection and the shortage of creativity when it comes to working in this hybrid world? If this sounds like you, then join us for a live preview of our interactive improv-based programs, including a sample of our last break, a sneak peek into our pre-work launched earlier this year, and spoiler alert, it's pretty funny, and a brief breakdown of our effective communication workshop. Now, we'll show you in one hour the full Improve It experience so you can communicate, inspire, and motivate your team moving forward. Join us on Tuesday. Day, March 29th from 12.30 to 1.30 p.m. Eastern for our live showcase. The link to sign up is in the show notes. Come try out the Improve It experience and see how our work can improve your team's hybrid world. I love the title of your book on Daunted. You talk about self-doubt, like we said, limiting beliefs. You worked for large companies like AOL. So this started you um, with time, right? And then you worked with AOL. You started Hint with your husband while having your fourth child. You are my hero. Yes. Oh my gosh. So let me ask you this. All of these things took a lot of persistence. They took asking the right questions. They took listening to the answers to those questions. And then... I'm sure, and you do talk about this a lot in the book, the limiting beliefs that you had along the way with yourself as you were trying to formulate the brand that is now Hint, we all have these limiting beliefs. And I know that a lot of people listening to this show, this is something that they are constantly dealing with as they evolve in their careers, whether it's you know climbing the ladder at corporate America or trying to escape corporate America and become an entrepreneur. So my question is, do you have a go-to method that you go to that helps you remove self-doubt in the moment? Is there something that you just, is there something in your mind that clicks and you say, Kara, move on and keep going? Or is it the questions that you ask that help you remove those beliefs? Because the more you know, the more you understand. So what does that look like for you? Can you take us through that? Well, it's interesting. I find when things get quiet, right? When I, and, you know, I call it complacent, right? And I always say complacency will kill you. Oh, And I think that that is constantly, I was always and still am today, very busy. And so for me, whenever I feel like there's not a lot going on, or I've got to figure out how to stir things up, shake things up a little bit, and get things moving. And so sometimes that takes asking questions to actually figure out what is the way forward, right? Where maybe you're you're kind of in a, a space where uh, it's scary, or you don't feel like anything's happening. Um, and then I, I think like the core thing is, is figuring out, are you in the spot where you're just complacent and nothing's happening and you've got to make a move, right? It's like a, you know, it's a, 
chess game to some extent to try and figure out like if you're just sitting here trying to make a decision on something, nothing's going to happen until you figure out how to move forward. And so I think that that is that is true for every single aspect of my life. And, you know, whether it was sports or whether it was um, a job or whether it was starting a company and running a company, I think that figuring out how do you continue to keep things moving forward? And, you know, as I mentioned to, to your point, it definitely can involve questions because I think questions open up possibilities. I love it. I love complacency will kill you. I'm going to put that like how you have your undaunted on um, a highlight, you know, on a, um, what are, what are those, a neon sign? I'm going to put neon that. Signs. Yes. I'm going to get a neon sign that says complacency will kill you. I love that. And I will also tell you, you're so kind. You sent this box of goodies before the recording and there's a sticker that says undaunted. I have that sticker on my monitor next to my computer because the I, word, love I love it too, because it's just, it embodies all of these things you can say undaunted. And it's almost like a mantra to yourself to keep going, take another step, move forward. So the fact that this book exists, you've overcome all of these obstacles is so cool. And I have a question for you. This is a really important one, Kara. Have you ever done improv? I have not done improv. My daughter does improv, though, actually. So I, I've been, you know, enjoying watching watching her uh, do it, and um, it's been, you know, a lot of fun to watch to watch her do it. And it was, you know, it was interesting because when she first told me that she wanted to go and do it, uh, I said, you know. Caitlin, you can do a lot of things. Uh, I mean, she's incredible. She's a great writer. She's incredibly smart. But I said, you're not really that funny. And <gasps> and she said, that is so mean. And I said, no, I mean, I'm sure you can get funny. But the thing is, is that I never really viewed you as this incredibly funny person. And she said, that's why I'm doing improv because <laughs> I want to get funny. And I said, that's really funny actually. And, exactly. and right. And it's really funny. And she, and so she's been doing improv now for a couple of years, um, primarily through zoom. Uh, yep. She's got a few different uh, groups that she's a part of. And, She's a third year student in in college, and she's really gotten funny. And it's it's hysterical to to watch her um, <laughs> and do it. And you know, for her, I think ultimately she wants to she wants to be a playwright, and uh. she felt like she needed to be able to have that aspect as as part of her writing, which I thought it was really interesting. So. That is cool. And you talk about Caitlin in the book. I remember hearing about Caitlin. Yeah. So, well, this is so interesting because comedy is actually, well, improv especially, is about the truth. It's about reacting to the last thing said. So that fact, the thing that you're like, that's actually really funny that she says, well, I'm doing improv to get funny. That that right there, that is improvising at its finest because she was reacting to the thing that you said, which makes it funny, right? So I want to tell you this, Carrie. You don't know this, though. You, I don't know if you know this, but you are an improviser. Did you know that? I did not, but I, I, I think I'm probably the butt of many, or I know I'm the butt of many of her <laughs> jokes um, that she <laughs> makes. So that full circle, while I haven't actually, I, I sort of have, yes, done because. It's my stories that, yes. Um, yes. So it, it's uh, definitely one of the one of the improvs that I heard her uh, get up and tell was she said, "My mom is a female entrepreneur," and then she was just silent, <laughs> and people started laughing. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, but, I mean, I love it. And she just didn't say a word for uh, for a while. <laughs> and she said, I've lived with that for many years. <laughs> and it was really, and people started laughing. And, you know, uh, you can either, you can either think, oh my God, my daughter is actually talking about me. Or you can think there are moments when, I mean, it's crazy town, right? Yeah. And you're, you're like trying to start a business. You're trying to, you know, you, you get told no. I mean, you know, she's like, it's a flavored water business. My mom, <laughs> that's what she wanted to start. Like, See, when I mean, you're it's, saying it like that, it's comical, but it's like this amazing, iconic brand. But I see, I, I hear she's got great comedy timing, it sounds like. She does. Awesome. She does. And yeah. she, and I could imagine if it wasn't me, like I would be hearing it and I would start laughing because all these things come into your mind and she's able to paint visuals yes. like that. And that's what I think about improv and great storytelling is that you you paint a picture and people want to take that story in a lot of different directions right and uh and oftentimes people will add you never said that like Caitlin wouldn't exactly like dot all the i's and cross all the t's but people are doing it yes themselves and i think that's what I'm so fascinated about, about Hint and really how my company Hint became what it is today was just sharing my backstory of starting, you know, the company was really everything from in my kitchen and people yes. start thinking, oh, how many times have I been in my kitchen and think, oh, this should be a product that I could buy in the store, but it's not. And that's it again. And then you watch this lady who just decided I'm going to make this product. And it, and it's, it's funny to people. It's also inspiring. Right. But, but more than anything, I think I've always wanted to share that story, not just because it helps people to understand how this company came to be. But as I started to do that, I thought there are people that I meet who may not even ever want to start a company or become an entrepreneur, but yet they pick up things from that story that allow them to be the best person that they can be because they face their challenges. They know that life isn't perfect. They get back up again and keep going in some way, whatever it is. And, and I think like that's what great stories do, whether you're doing it in the format of improv or you're just talking about, you know, why you did something. I think that if it leaves somebody with hope and the ability to keep moving forward in some way, then that's all good. Oh my gosh. Well, see, and you get it. You totally get it like that. And tell Caitlin to call me, you know, when she's, when she's ready for a comedy career. Um, but I, I do, will, you tell her, tell her I, you've got, you've got me on speed dial now, but I do think you as an entrepreneur are an improviser. You've, you talk about in the book, some of the mistakes you made in the beginning, some of the new partnerships that you had to go through I love you paint a very visual picture in the book of you and your husband and your kids carrying bottles of hint around in your Jeep and stocking shelves and all of that, again, is you making up in the moment what to do next, taking a step forward. I love what you said, complacency, being complacent. Let me read it. Complacency will kill you. Complacency will kill you because complacency will kill you. It will. And that's what great improv is, is taking a step forward to create a great scene. And Kara, you're an improviser. That is literally what you did, but you created the scene of your life. I'm sorry. And I, I am so impressed with all of the obstacles that you had to overcome. And I'm so grateful that you wrote about them because they are inspiring. They are funny in moments. There's, I mean, I literally can just picture 
you've nine months pregnant in the Jeep. Like you're, oh, I, I love the story too, where you're like, I wasn't supposed to leave the house, but somehow I found the keys and I got in the car and I drove to this, you know, store to get them to put hint on the shelves. There were just so many moments that are funny because they're real and they're also a part of the journey that you took. And along the way, you had these doubts, you had these doubters. I love, I'm not going to give away your whole book here, but you have to read the book and prove it, fam, because there's people who said that this wouldn't work. And Mm -hmm. look at you now, look at you now. So let me ask you this. Um, What would you say is the biggest key takeaway for a leader right now leading teams from Undaunted, what would you want them? What is the one thing that you hope that they take away from this book? I think more than anything, life isn't always predictable. And you don't always have experience or the path all worked out. But sometimes you have to go back to your, you know, empathy, your your heart and soul to figure out and listen to what people need. And I think being your authentic self, sharing your stories gives people comfort and gives people ideas on how to move forward. I mean, there's this concept that I would hear for years and and in particular, after I had started my company, where if you work, uh, you you can't be a good mother, right? Mm, you're mm-hmm. you're like, I mean, the two just don't go hand in hand. And I always thought, well, it depends. I mean, you know, it 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 really actually telling people that they're bad in some way that they can't do something because that's what their situation is. I mean, it's just like, who's to say, right? I mean, maybe you're, maybe you're doing something that you really know how to do and it's not a huge learning. Maybe you're not managing people. Maybe you're working part time. Maybe there, there's just a lot of aspects to that. Maybe you're not traveling a lot, whatever it is. And I felt like sharing my story I'm not saying that I'm perfect or everything's right, but I, I'm like, it actually could be possible still to this day. My kids speak to me, right? That I feel like I've, yes. you know, won in some way. Um, Nailed because, it. Right. Because I've got a relationship with them. And, you know, again, some days, uh, you know, they do improv about me and, and they make fun of me and, you know, whatever it is. I mean, that that is the... I mean, that's life. But I think being able to lead really the best leaders show their authentic self and their vulnerability more than anything else that you don't have it all figured out. I remember at the beginning of the pandemic when leading a team of, you know, 250 people and we used to think about teams as, you know, the sales team versus the marketing team versus, you know, the direct-to-consumer team, the finance team. And then we started to have this whole pandemic where people were, some people were having to stay at home because schools were closed and they had children and and they had to homeschool, you know, or babysit or whatever it was. And I remember thinking, that it doesn't really matter that they're in finance or they're in sales or they're in marketing. You really almost have to take it one-on-one depending on what the situation is and listen and lead with empathy. And I remember a few people said to me, well, you know, you're a parent, so you know. And I'm like, I never homeschooled my kids. Like, I never had to do Zoom meetings while, you know, I was raising my kids. I mean, it's a totally different time. So I, I can only imagine, but I can't say that I've been there. And I think that, that actually being upfront like that and sharing that with, with people and, and 
sharing your vision for maybe what they're going through, but saying with all honesty, I don't know if I have this totally correct, but tell me what I'm missing. Tell me how we can be helpful in some way because we want to, you know, get you back to a place where you're feeling good and you're feeling comfortable and you're you're feeling confident and being able to lead in that way, I think is really every great leader um, over the last couple of years, I think the ones that were leading in that way versus trying to figure out or, or, you know, compartmentalize people in some way is really the key. I love that Kara. And I think you have led from everything I know about you with such authenticity. You share your vulnerabilities in this book. If you haven't gotten a copy of Undaunted, get it. It's so good. It's so good. And I want to ask you this because at Improve It, we say your it is whatever your it means to you. It's your thing that you're here to do. So what is Kara Golden's it? If you could say your it is one thing, what would it be? I think my it is... I would have to say curiosity uh, is the it that I'm that I allow myself to constantly be looking for something that I don't understand. Right. And and I think that complacency falls into there, too, because I I think that complacency often goes hand in hand with if you really understand things and you're not very curious about things and you're sort of on your 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 wheel, your hamster wheel, as I call it, going on and on. I'm constantly looking for those things that I'm curious about where I can go create something new. I love it. And I'm getting my my neon sign made right after this. It's going to go right here around the, around the polka dots. Okay. And tell the Improve It fam where they can find you if they want to learn more or connect. Yeah, all over social at Kara Golden with an I. And uh, definitely the, you mentioned the Undaunted book. And uh, I have a podcast as well called The Kara Golden Show, where I interview entrepreneurs and uh, people who have really shown me that they can show their vulnerabilities and teach us all kinds of lessons um, as well. And, uh, of course, you mentioned the drink hint, which I have right here. Um, yes. It's uh, an unsweetened flavored water. If you haven't tried it, I hope you will. Um, and uh, and I love that you are friends with our pal, Judy Holler, as, yes. and uh, she's amazing. She's just, she's so fun. I, I met her, as I mentioned to you, on my book tour, and... Uh, yeah, she's amazing. She is a dear friend of the Improve It fam. We love her so much, and we're so grateful for this connection. And Kara, I got to tell you, I've, I've just, I'm going to take a hint, and I'm going to tell the Improve It fam that they just witnessed such an inspiration and such a great conversation. You've brought the world so much from improving our health to reminding us that we can tell self-doubt to shove it. And (laughs) (laughs) you're blazing the path for for all leaders to go and and have the courage to get there. So thank you for your vulnerability and for sharing your stories with us today. Thank you. Okay. Are you ready to just get out there, crush it, live dreams, all the things? I could talk to Kara for so long. I love that her daughter is doing improv. I love that she really sees improv as this embodiment of truth. And one of the things that I am going to tattoo on my wrist is what she said about complacency. And it's it's something that is so true. Complacency will kill you. And when I look at the name Undaunted, the name of her book, I think to myself, that is exactly the opposite of what Undaunted means. Complacent is the opposite of Undaunted. I want to be Undaunted. 
I know you want to be undaunted. I'm so inspired by that one word. I have a sticker that, like I said, Kara sent me some goodies and I have the sticker undaunted on my computer, on my desk. So I see it every day. So I can take those self-doubts, those limiting beliefs that creep up and shove them, shove them good. And that's what I want you to do. So here's your homework for today. Whatever thing that you have been putting off, whatever you've been complacent on, the thing that you have not moved the needle on, taken the step forward on, I want you to get out there and do it. So number one, your first first piece of this is, what is that thing that you have not taken the next step on or moved the needle on? What have you been complacent? Identify whatever that is. It could be, you know what? I've thought about changing jobs and I just haven't found the time. Or, you know what? I've thought about this entrepreneurial idea that I've had, but I've not made the time to do it. Or, you know what? I've thought about getting into fitness and I just haven't found the time. Whatever it is, think about that one thing. And your homework is to take one step, one step forward this week, one baby step. And then once you've taken that baby step, it'll be so easy to take another one and another one and another one. And pretty soon you'll realize you just walked a half marathon and you have gotten halfway to accomplishing your goal. Let's be undaunted. Let's use this word and this fuel and the motivation that Kara had to create and make hint into the brand that it is today to create and to make our own lives. We are the creators of our own lives. And it starts with being undaunted, not being complacent. Improve it, fam. You know I love you. Keep failing. Keep improving. You know this. The world needs that special it that only you can bring. So get out there and go get it started. I'll see you next week. Bye. Hey, friends. Thanks for tuning in to Improve It. I am so happy you were along for the ride. If you enjoyed this show, head on over to iTunes to leave us a five-star review and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. New episodes drop every Wednesday. Now, if you're really feeling today's show and you've improved it even just a little bit, please take a screenshot and tag me at Keeping It Real Deal on Instagram and share it in your stories. I'll see you next week, but I I want to leave you with this thought. What did you improve today and how will that help your future successful self? Think about it. I am rooting for you and the world needs that special it that only you can bring. See you next time. <laughs>